0: Oh, so much, Brother Shane and Miss Robin. Thank you for introducing that to us. I'm excited about us learning that song as a congregation and singing it. Thankful for the Gettys, Keith and Chris and Getty, and the influence that they have writing uh, new hymns. Thankful for that beautiful picture that we know well from Romans 8 uh, that that nothing, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're going to see a little bit about that this morning in 1 John as well. If you have your Bibles, I'll invite you to turn to 1 John chapter 3. We're going to read a little bit about that idea of of how God reminds us that we are his, even whenever we would doubt that we are his, that we are still his. So this morning we're going to see about This idea of eternal security, to an extent we're also going to see about boldness and confidence in prayer. So I'm excited about the text this morning. In 1 John chapter 3, if you would look with me in verse 19, that's where we'll begin this morning. We'll have to look back a little bit into last week to make sure that we're all on the same page. But I want to read the first few verses of this morning's text. So verses 19 and 20 say this. By this we shall know that we are of the truth, and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. If y'all would pray with me this morning. Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that, that you hold us fast to you, Lord. That, Lord, that our salvation is not dependent upon us being perfect and never sinning again, Father, because none of us would ever make it, Father, that our, our salvation and our eternal life is not dependent on our strength, Father, on, on our knowledge, on our understanding, on our ability, but Lord, that it's, it's you, that you hold us fast, that you cling to us, that you don't let us go, Father, that you don't, that you don't lose your children that have come to you, so Father, I pray today as we look at this text Lord, as I know that there may be some even here this morning or some listening, Lord that that need reassurance of who they are in you. And Lord of the confidence that we can have to approach you in prayer. Father, I pray that you would make these things known to us through your spirit and through your word. As Father speak boldly this morning as we listen intently. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. So so John here begins, in, in verse 19, he says, By this, and so obviously, we have to look and see what he's just said, right? He's not just, it's not a random thought he throws out there. By this, he's talking about what he just said. And so if you weren't l- with us last week, we'll make sure that we're all on the same page. But what he's really talking about, what we saw him talking about last week, is this idea that all Christians will love other Christians, that that's something that, that comes with being a Christian, that whenever you have faith in Christ, that you, that you have a new heart and that you have God's spirit within you and that God will, will bring us, will cause us to love all other Christians. And so John hashed that out. That's the second time he's discussed it in this letter. It's not the last time he'll discuss it in this letter. It's a really big deal. And then he, at the end of last week, got even more specific. So he said, all Christians will love all other Christians that God will cause us to do this. It's not something that we have to fake, but that it's something that will be real and natural seeming to us whenever we are God's children. And then in verses 17 and 18 last week, he he got even more specific and said, one way that you'll be able to see this love see that you have this real love for other Christians, is that when you see them having a need, that you won't be able to just shut them out. To see their need and to know that you could meet it, but just say, basically, I'm not going to help them. I don't care that they have a need. He said that you'll be able to see this love inside of you that whenever you see another Christian that has a need that you can meet, that you will meet that need. That's what you'll do. So you'll be able to see. It's not just this feeling of love. You'll actually be able to see this love in your life. So look with me in verses 17 and 18 so we, you can hear him say it. So but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed, And in truth. So here this week, the next verse 19, he says, by this, that's what he's talking about. By this, we shall know that we are of the truth. How will we know that we're of the truth? If you love all other Christians. And it's not just lip service, you don't just say that you love everybody, but but you can see the fruit of God's Spirit causing you to love them to the point that you would sacrifice your own things to help them. You love them that much that you would do whatever you could to help them. He says, so if you're there, if you love other brothers and sisters and you want to help them and you hate to see them in need to the point that you would sacrifice to help them, you have a real legitimate love inside of you then you know that you're of the truth. That's what John tells us. If you have that, then you know that you're of the truth. And, of course, there's a little bit of question. What does he mean when he says you are of the truth? This is another one of the times. If you haven't been with us, let me take just a moment and recommend that. If you haven't been with us, if you're just joining us for this study in 1 John, I strongly recommend that you go back and read all of 1 John. It's not a very long book. Go back and read what what it is that we've seen up to this point. If you want, you can listen to all of the sermons. We have those online available to you. But one thing that John has done over and over and over throughout this letter, and he'll continue to do, is, is to give us things that will help us know whether we are truly Christians or not. He's given us all these benchmark things. If you're a Christian, then you'll be in the light as God is in the light. If you're a Christian, you'll follow God's commands. If you're a Christian, you'll admit that you're a sinner. If you're a Christian, you will follow Jesus' example. If you're a Christian, you will love other brothers and sisters. And so here he's doing this again. He's giving us one of these things. When he says, you will know you are of the truth, he's saying you will know for certain that you're a Christian. So he's just reiterating what we saw last week. There's a whole sermon on it, so I'm not going to expand upon it too much, but he's reiterating. You will know that you're a Christian if you love other brothers and sisters. Love them enough that you'd sacrifice for them. And I think that his wording, you have to remember that John's experience in life is much different than our experience in life. John walked with Jesus... John physically walked with Jesus and heard Jesus teach. And so I think when he uses words like this, when he says, you will know that you are of the truth, it's not a word that we would use. We might say, you would know that you were of Jesus. But, you know, that passage in John fourteen six that, that many of us have learned through the years when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John was there to hear Jesus say that, so he heard Jesus say, I am the truth. And so John says, you'll know that you're of the truth. You'll know that you are of Jesus if you love all other brothers and sisters. A true, real love for them. And that's point one this morning. Point one, true love for other Christians shows us that we are Christians. Right? You have a real, genuine love for other Christians. That shows you that you are truly a Christian. Now, that's going to be very important for you to understand the rest. Today's passage is a bit of a technical passage. It could have been with last week, but it's so technical we broke it off to be its own sermon today. So you have to, these points build on each, one, each other. So make sure that you're with me here so far. John says, first half of verse 19, you love all other Christians, real genuine love for other Christians, then you know that you are of Jesus. You know that you're a Christian. Why is that important? Well, look at the rest of 19 and 20. You'll know that you're of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. So John here says that when you know that you're a Christian, when you know that you have faith in Christ, when you know that you're saved, what that does is it allows you to reassure your heart before God. It allows you to have this peace before God. It allows you to to feel confident and certain before God. Now, this is a really big thing for Christians because if you're not a Christian, you should not feel confident in going before God. You should not feel confident in the day that Christ returns and you stand before Him because when you stand before Him, when you are in His presence, it will be to be judged. That's what will happen for all non-believers when they stand before God. It will not be a welcoming presence. You will not feel joyful at that time. You'll feel condemnation. You will feel judgment because you're guilty of your sins. But as Christians, that's not how we think about being before God. I pray that's not how you think about being before God. There's this, there's this confidence. Whenever I go before God, it will be this joyful time when I'll be before my Father. Right? Right? And I will be with him, and I'll be with him forever. And I know that he's going to accept me because he's already accepted me. It's this exciting time. And so he says, if you know that you're a Christian, then you have this reassuring idea, this reassuring thought about when you stand before God. And why is that important? Because verse 20, because sometimes our hearts condemn us. Now, what does he mean, our hearts condemn us? Brother Zach, how can my heart condemn me. Well, the, the idea that he has here for them, right? They talked about the heart, and he doesn't mean your actual heart, right? He means this, the way that we talk about people's hearts sometimes. It's this emotion. It's the center of emotions. And so he's saying that, that sometimes our emotions, sometimes our inside tries to condemn us. Some of you have dealt with this before. Sometimes maybe you make a decision that you know that you shouldn't have made. You did something and you, have, you feel conviction because the Holy Spirit makes sure that you know that you shouldn't have done that thing. And you feel this grief because you did it. And sometimes we even get to the point where we feel like there's no way that God would have me as his child because of what I've done. Right? We start saying there's no way that God is still going to accept me because I've done this. Or sometimes our heart and Satan, I believe, trying to speak through our emotions says to us, look at who you used to be. There's no way that you must be a Christian. There's no way that God would have you. What makes you think that God would ever let you be his child? Think about who you are. Think about where you've been. And sometimes our heart condemns us. Sometimes our emotions make us doubt that we could ever be God's children, that we are saved at all. And so John says, listen, when your heart condemns you, You need an opportunity to be reassured in your heart. Your heart is saying there's no way that you could be God. There's no way that God would have you. And so how can we be reassured by reminding ourselves? By looking at the fruit that the Spirit of God has brought into our lives. Here's the specific example he gives is loving other brothers and sisters. So, so my heart says, Zach, there's no way that God would have you. You've done this. There's no way that you can be God's child. But he says, but look at the truth. And the truth is, I have these promises. I have these things in my life that non-Christians wouldn't have. I can look and say, no, I love all other brothers and sisters. and I love them enough that I'd be willing to sacrifice for them. So even though my heart says that God wouldn't have me, God's word says that he does have me, right? I can look and I can say, no, my heart says there's no way. Look at who you used to be. There's no way that God would ever have you. But I can look in my life and say, but I love God's word and I try to follow all of his commands. And, And I love Jesus's life and I try to follow his example. And I can look at these things and I can be reassured even when my heart condemns me. Even when my heart causes me to doubt, I love how he puts it, the last half of verse 20. It says, even when your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. See, our emotions can play games with us. Our emotions can trick us, but even when my emotions trick me and make me doubt, you know who they don't trick? They don't trick God. My emotions can make me have a different view of reality, but they don't distort anything in God's eyes. Even when my heart says, God wouldn't have you, God says, I already have you, if you have faith in Jesus Christ. Point two, God knows all things, and he knows who are his, or who his are. I put who are his And my computer tried to change it to who his are, because obviously that's more correct. But I like who are his. So God knows who are his. And if you're his, he knows that. Even when your heart says different, he knows the truth. So this is is a glorious truth. I know, looking out across sanctuary right now, that y'all look very sad at this moment. Y'all look like I just said something wrong or bad or... Somebody texts you something that's really bad news. But brothers and sisters, here's what I'm telling you. When you doubt, and there are times that most all of us doubt, why would God ever have me? There's no way, and our heart tells us you're not good enough, and you'll never get to heaven, and there's, there's no way that you're a Christian because you've done this. Even when your heart says that, if you are a Christian, I have to be clear about this. This isn't for everybody. Right, if you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, if you don't have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, if you don't have any of these things that 1 John has said that all Christians will have, if you don't have all these things, don't let me reassure your heart this morning because your heart doesn't need to be reassured. You need to feel conviction from the Holy Spirit that you are a sinner and that you need to come to faith in Jesus Christ. But if you've done that, if you know, not if you know that you're on a church roll, but if you know that you have faith in in Jesus Christ, that even when you feel like I cannot be God's, John says, but you are. He will hold you fast even when your heart says that he wouldn't. He still does. God knows if you are his. So be reassured. Be reassured, Christian. There's forgiveness for those sins, those things that you've done that you shouldn't have done. There's forgiveness for those in Jesus Christ. All right, so I told you this builds on one another. He starts out by telling you, if you have these evidence of faith, right, this evidence of faith that will be love, if you have that, then you can be reassured. Why do you need to be reassured? Because sometimes your heart condemns you. Sometimes your heart lies to you. But be reassured that God knows everything. He knows better than your heart. So then he continues with the same thought in verse 21. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. So now John starts to turn to this thought of prayer, of of when we are before God, of when we approach God. This is when this reassurance is is helpful to us. So verse 21, if, if your heart doesn't condemn you or if your heart does condemn you but... You follow John's thinking here and you're reassured. At any, any rate, however you get there, when you get to the point that you know that you're reassured before God, that you know that you're a Christian, you can have confidence before God. But we've already talked about that. We can have confidence because we know we're a Christian. We can have confidence because we know he's our Father. We can have confidence because we know that we're forgiven. But now he adds a new element in verse 22. You can also have confidence before God... Verse 22, because whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. Now, that is a big deal. Would you agree with me? John says here that that whatever we ask, we receive from God. And some of you say, Brother Zach, I've just found the first line scripture because there are things that I've asked that I've not received John here obviously is teaching under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so we know there is not a lie here. There are no lies anywhere in Scripture. The thing is that God gives us the things that we need, even if our ask was different, but that when we ask the things that God would approve of, that we receive all those things. John, uh, John 14, if you go back and look in the Gospel of John chapter 14, Jesus speaks this himself. Right, he says, whenever we ask anything according to his will, I believe that John is carrying on the same thought here. He says, whenever, whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. See, John here has in mind people that love God and want the things of God. He doesn't have in view people that are asking selfish things from God. If you're asking selfish, sinful things from God, no, you're not going to receive those things. Absolutely, you're not going to receive those things. But brothers and sisters, when we belong to God, and we are following the course that God has laid out for us, and we are, are, our will aligns with God's will, and we ask things, we are able to receive those things. Isn't that exciting? Not only can you talk to God, that's exciting enough, Right? The God that created everything, God that's over everything, God that has always existed and will always exist, God that's perfect and that's light and that's love, you can talk to Him. But not only can you talk to Him, but you can ask things from Him. And not only can you ask things, because you can ask anybody for anything, but not only do you ask things of Him, but when you ask things that are proper of Him, you receive those things. You get things from God because you asked God for those things, and that's exciting. Now, my heart, immediately as I was preparing this text, the first thing that I wanted to do here was spend a lot of time giving the qualifying statements, not if you're asking selfishly, not if you're doing this, but that's not John's point. We'll talk about that a little bit Wednesday night, and, and I will say that he is specifically speaking here about people that are, that are asking for things that align with his will, but rather than spend too much time talking about all the stipulations i just want us to be i want us to think about the glorious truth that's laid out here that that even though we don't feel like we should even be able to approach god that our hearts and our minds and our emotions and our lives tell us god shouldn't have anything to do with you you shouldn't be able to talk to god you shouldn't be confident before god That the truth is that because of our faith in Jesus Christ, because of the forgiveness that we've been given through faith in Jesus Christ, that you can confidently, the word that he uses here means boldly. You can boldly go and talk to God. You can go and you can speak to Him freely. It's the idea of free speech. Those of you that uh, have served in in different facets of the military, you might have to ask for permission to speak freely. That's That's what John has in mind here. You can... Freely speak to God, that he listens to you whenever you call upon his name. And not only that, but even more than that, that you can ask things and receive those things from him. Why? Why would God ever allow that? He says, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. So, big long thought here, but he continues with the thought... Because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And then the last two verses, verses 23 and 24. And this is his commandment. That we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another. Just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. John brings the whole thing back full circle. He started out by saying, if you love one another, if you are truly a Christian, then you can have reassurance, confidence before God. That confidence allows you to approach God and ask things of Him, and you will receive those things if you are asking Him things and keeping His commandments. And what's His commandment? That you have faith in Jesus and that you love one another. He just brings the whole thing back around. Brothers and sisters, if we are doing what God has called us to do, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, if you're living the life that He's called you to live, if you're loving one another, you can have reassurance, You don't have to doubt your salvation. You can boldly and freely approach God and talk to Him at any time. You know that you're going to receive the things that you ask from Him. And you have no reason to worry about being in God's presence. All of these things come, why? Why? As a gift. Through God's grace. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. Then he gives us one last thing here as if we needed one more thing to tell us. How can I for sure know that I'm of God, that I'm abiding in him, that he's abiding in me, that I'm a Christian. By this, we know that he abides in us. By the Spirit whom he has given us. Capital S Spirit, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is often spoken of in Scripture as this, this seal, this thing that makes certain that we are God's children. And so John ends this teaching with this. How will I, how will I know? If I can't see love for sure, if I can't see, how can I know that I know? You'll know that you're his if you have his Spirit living inside of you. So what does John do here? What does John do in this text? What John really does today is he, he offers us reassurance. And I told you this is a very technical text, and I pray that I've made it clear enough that we understand what it is. And if not, I'm sorry. This is what I pray that you see today, brothers and sisters, that if you are following the things that God has called you to do, that you know that you are God's. That you know that you're a Christian. Things like loving other people and loving them sacrificially and following God's commands. But I also want you to hear this, because we talked about this a lot last week. Doing those things on their own is not what makes you saved. I don't want you to hear me saying, if you start loving other people, then you're saved and you can be confident before God and you can approach God and you can receive things from Him. No. No. What allows you to be saved and confident before God? It's faith in Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ alone. All these other things are indicators that you have faith in Jesus Christ. That's what John has already told us. The fact that you love one another does not make you saved. The fact that you love one another tells you that you have faith in Jesus Christ and that he's made you new and that he's given you the Holy Spirit. The fact that you love God's Word, if you love God's Word, The fact that you keep his commandments doesn't make you saved. It tells you that you are already saved. And if you know that you're already saved, don't listen to your lying heart. Isn't that a country song? Lying, cheating heart. I'm not real good at those. Name that tune kind of thing. But I can tell you this. If your heart, Christian, this morning is lying to you, if you came in here this morning because of something you've done or heard this week, because of something that popped up from your past, because of something that somebody said to you, you came in here this morning feeling like there's no way God would have me. There's no way I'm worthy to be his child. I will say you're right about that. There's no way that we're worthy to be his children. But if your heart's telling you that there's no way he would accept you, your heart's lying because he will accept you through faith in Jesus Christ. If you already have that, be reassured this morning. Be reassured. Be confident Know that you can look forward to the day that you stand before God. Spend time in prayer. Boldly, freely talk to God about whatever it is that you need to talk to Him about. And know that the things that you ask that are proper and that are according to His will, you'll receive those things. Know that this morning. I pray if you came in here this morning, you're a Christian, that you feel reassurance. But I also pray that if you've come in here this morning and you're not a Christian, and you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, that you understand how big of a deal that is you understand how important it is that that faith is missing. That God will change you in all these ways when you come to Him in faith. That He'll give you, that you'll have this new heart. That you'll have His Spirit and that you will do all these things that we talked about and you will have confidence and you will be able to approach Him and you will have the promise of eternal life, but only when you have faith in Jesus Christ. This morning, I'm going to invite you to stand. We're going to have a time of invitation and response and maybe... Maybe this morning you need to come and ask questions about what faith in Jesus Christ looks like, how you can accept Him. You've heard these words, but you don't know what they mean. I'd love to, to share more with you about it. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that you're a Christian, your heart's been lying to you, and this morning you just need to spend some time and tell God, thank you, God, thank you that even when my heart lies to me, that you don't listen to those lies, that you always know the truth. God, thank you for allowing me to be your child, even though I know that I'm not worthy to be your child. Maybe you just want to sing this morning in response and joy and excitement for who God is and what he's done. I pray this morning that if you're his child, that you're reassured and confident before God. That you do what you need to. You respond in the way that the Lord leads you to. Brother Shane leads us in a hymn of invitation.
1: Cleansing power, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace? This out, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin. And be washed in the blood of the Lamb There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb Are you washed in the blood In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? You may be seated. Just a few announcements this morning. The GAs have one, so I'll let them go first.
2: So our GA girls are sponsoring the Heritage Heels Walk for Orphans. We've been um, focusing a lot on um, taking care of other people and um, taking care of the orphans and so this just happened to come up around that same time so we are inviting all of you that want to come out on March the 21st and walk or run for those of you enthusiastic ones um, you can get a registration form right here the pre register is for like next Sunday is the deadline if you want to get a t-shirt and all that kind of good stuff but you can register up until that morning of so that Friday before, if you feel like it, you just come on down that Saturday morning. Um, so all our girls, we're encouraging our girls to come and walk or run um, the race. The registration fee is $30, and we do have multiple sisters and um, you know that have two girls in a class, so that's going to be kind of a lot for some parents. If you want to forego the run-walk and just sponsor a child, one of our girls, to run or walk, um, See Miss uh Sherry about that and she's um working on um sponsorship for individual girls just so parents don't have to pay thirty dollars per child to um to participate. But if you would like to do that, we would um, love to have you come out the um, March the twenty-first downtown in Brookhaven and support the GAs in that. Also, the GAs are doing the Operation Christmas Child monthly um, cl- collections. We've got the box in the back, and today is the technically the last um, Sunday in February, So, but if you want to bring stuff Wednesday night, for February we're t- still doing hygiene items, so we've got toothbrushes, ivory um, bar soap, washcloths, band-aids, um, little packets of tissues, and stuff like that. If you run through the dollar store or Walmart or whatever, grab some of that stuff and drop it in our box back there so when we go to pack our shoe boxes in November we will have lots of good stuff to go in them so that's all I have
1: just a couple other things Um, if you would like to receive the monthly email newsletter then you can go to the Facebook page and fill out fill out the form from there Um, just put your name and email if you do not have Facebook you can sign up in the back of the sanctuary or you can talk to brother Zach and get him to to clue you in on that The Wednesday night meal this week will be chicken spaghetti. If you're interested in doing that, you can sign up at the back. Um, And then this afternoon, we will not have services this afternoon at 530. We are going to the Compassion Experience, which is at East Haven,